Hello everyone, I'm just dropping in just to give you a heads up on a couple of things. First of all, this episode is not for the children at all. So before you press play, you just reevaluate where you listen to this episode. And two, the audio is not the best. But the information was so pertinent, it was so kinky, it was so juicy, it was so, so much information that can help us. I decided to keep the audio in. So if you all can just bear with the audio for at least the first 10 minutes, I promise you it gets better. And that's all I just wanted to say. So enjoy the episode and let me know what you think about it. And once again, thank you, Jasmine. You are a gem to us. Take care, everybody. Enjoy. For the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, send kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure, you got to love a black girl getting a shift together, black girls are getting a shift together, these black girls getting a shift together, man, these black girls are getting a shift together, these black girls getting a shift together, dog. made you, boo, you know he showed out. Mahogany enchantress, blessings overflow now. Picture of success, seductive silhouettes on a spiritual quest. Manifest and be blessed. Mother, sister, auntie, tribe of Ashanti. Rocking your locks, I got a close crop blondie. The curse and the gift of lift, apply pressure. Nothing like a black girl getting a shift together. Nothing like a black girl getting a shift together. Nothing like a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. And welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. This is a podcast where we focus on mental health and wellness, especially geared towards Black women, because we need it. We're, we're a special kind of beautiful creatures. We need all of it, everything Black over here. So my name is Ursula, and I'm your host, and I promise to deliver the best content as possible. And tonight, we're just going to get right into it. First of all, before we get into it, as you know, I'm now global. I have a new listener, two new listeners in India and Zambia. 
Who knew? I don't know who you are, but if you're listening right now, I want you to tell me hello. You know, give me a wave, something. Let me know what's going on. And I want you to like, comment, share, please. It will help. And, you know, give Jasmine some love. Give her some love. This sister works hard. We need all the love we can get. Also, if this is a replay and you're catching it, I want you to definitely, you know, Put a little replay in the box. Say hello. Let me know. And hey, Tiffany on Facebook. All right. So tonight's topic is sexual anxiety. Some people have it. Some people don't. Hey, Tanya. So what I'm going to do, I want you all to listen closely. And I want you to, um, I, I want you to either put a thumbs up or a heart. Let me know. Oh yeah. Also we are streaming live on Instagram. That's FYI. So if any of this sounds familiar and it resonates, if you heard it when you were younger, just let me know. And this is going to be the, the premise of the show. Okay. When you were younger or even now, have you heard from the elders or your, your uh, aunts, older cousins that the act of sex is only the man's pleasure. You've heard that sex is a job, job in capital J-O-B letters. Or you've been learned, or you've been taught and you, you, they tell you, hurry up and just let him finish. You've been taught that blow jobs are disgusting. You've been taught that getting eaten out is disgusting or porn is the devil or the devil's Netflix and it's a sin, or if you just, <laughs> I see you, Jasmine, or um, if you like sex as a young adult, that you're fast, hot ass, or this is one, don't open your pocketbook for men, or masturbation is nasty and you'll go to hell, or the elders, don't cope, don't, don't come home pregnant, but they don't tell you how not to get pregnant. Here's a big one. Have you never had an orgasm from yourself or from your partner? And here's a good one, that tampons are the devil's cotton fingers. <laughs> Listen, it's all real. You all let me know, Jasmine is cracking up in the waiting room. Let me know if any of this sounds familiar, okay? So I'm going to read the bio of this beautiful guest. Her name is Jet Setting Jasmine. She is a clinical therapist as well as an adult film actress. So I'm going to read her bio, and she'll expand on her end as well. So Jet Setting Jasmine is a licensed clinical therapist with a strong emphasis on intimacy, post-injury, and intimacy post-illness. She's the co-owner with partner King Noir of award-winning Royal Fetish Films, which I have tuned in. Love it. <laughs> and she has over 20 years of experience as an adult film entertainer, educator, and master fetish trainer. I love it. Their work on decolonizing sex and porn and politics have been featured in Vice, 
Huffington Post, Rolling Stones, Playboy, Forbes, Cosmo. It's funny. It says a BBC, but when I read that, I instantly thought big, <laughs> big black cop. But okay, it's the it's the network, right? And Psychology Today and more. So with no longer further ado, I'm going to bring this sister on right now and take her out the waiting room. Hey, Jazz. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Can you tell people what it, what is it like um, on a therapist end? Like what made you become a therapist? I became a therapist because um, I was in a not the greatest situation in my at the time. Um, I was in college. I was pregnant with my first child, and I really wanted to be a communications major. Okay. And and um, when I got pregnant, I realized that I more than any of those things, um, I wanted to. Hang on one second. I just want to teach you something about being on IG. Um, there are trolls, as you can see. So if you want, you can hold their name down and block them forever. Um, I sure will. Be, yeah, so we can have like a mature conversation. Is this yeah. the person that starts with the M that you're talking about? Mm -hmm. You're yeah. blocked, Mr. M or whatever. Forever. I've never blocked anyone before, but it feels good. Hold on. Doesn't it? Yeah, we don't have to deal with that. No. Okay, why would we? I don't know if it worked, yeah, but did I get it? Yeah, we'll get them eventually. So, um, I decided that I wanted school and talk to the, the whatever the, the college advisor and they said well looking at your transcripts you've taken enough classes to graduate as a sociology major so do you want to just stay on that track so I didn't even know that I had a really natural a natural instinct to study people behavior how we socialize with each other that would just I was just taking classes that were of interest to me and that satisfaction necessary so I just stayed on that route, but what really cemented it and made me want to go back was um, after becoming a sociologist and realizing, like, that doesn't pay, <laughs> you know, like, it's really nice if somebody will put you on their research team, but it's rare that someone ever hires a sociologist straight out of school. Right. Um, so I knew that I needed uh, an additional degree or, or uh, their skill set, and I was going through public assistance as a as now a young mom and trying to get back into grad school and and this social worker telling me like um well you may not qualify for any help because you're trying to go to college and you need to get a job and i was just like oh so i'm trying to get a better job <laughs> i'm trying to escape poverty and you're telling me that no i should actually um just do what I've been doing and, and, and not, you know, not further. And it was still the most disempowering um, yeah. clinical that I've ever been in. And it really did touch my heart from the perspective of, I knew I would be okay. Right. Um, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'm going to figure out a way to go to school and I'm going to figure out a way how to get this Medicaid and I'm going to figure out a way to get all of these benefits, maybe not through you, but I'm going to figure it out. But I could not, I did not feel comfortable knowing that that women were being were being met for mental health with 
be. Stay in your place. They don't aspire for, for anything family better for you. Don't right. further your education. Just be happy. See you go and work that. And so that to me was such a, so disgusting and such a turnoff. And it was the last thing that I needed to hear, but it actually changed my life. Um, because I decided, like, no, I am going to dedicate a leg of my a leg of my livelihood to helping um, individuals access mental health care. People see the like full potential of their life in mm-hmm. some way, and like I do that in therapy, and I also get to do that as a dominatrix. So, um, yeah, fuck that lady. I know that's <laughs> right. <laughs> so, speaking of dominatrix, what made you want to become uh, an adult film actress? So a lot of that was also coming naturally too. When I look back, I realized that I've always had like a fetish for manipulating sexual situations and really pushing people's boundaries. Um, and you know, now I have obviously learned how to do it in a professional and a safe way, but I've been toying with these dynamics as long as I've been sexually active. Right. Um, the film star part came from, you know, doing, I was doing these fantasy flight parties. I was doing the fetish work. I was doing a lot of live work and, the conversation always kept coming back to like black women not seeing themselves represented in porn. Um, black women saying like, I would watch it, but it always looks like this, or comparing their bodies, comparing their sex to what they were seeing in porn. And I was hosting these events for women in between the ages of about 25 to about 45 around that time, cold parties, divorce parties, toy parties, all the parties. These are women with expendable dollars that want to explore their sexes they don't see themselves represented like we don't see ourselves properly or diversely represented in regular media absolutely now, i am not a good i am not a good actress i know good and well i <laughs> not be representing on screen um so you know i like to like, throw my hat in and see what we can create in the adult industry so um my partner and i we really you know, we talked about it, we thought through what the consequences and the benefits would be. He had already been in the industry and got out of it and what would re-entering it look like. Um, what did we want to bring? When we talk about representation, represent how? Represent who, what, you know? Right. And so that was kinky representation. I want to bring love, I want to bring romance, I want to bring good lighting, I want to bring fucking coconut oil on set so we don't look ashy. I want to bring baby hair and waist beads Head wraps. I, I want to see elements of me in sex, in media and entertainment. And we did. We did it. And oh, it was well yes. received. It was so well received. We are award winning film stars. We produce our own porn. We direct it. We star in it. We work with other people. We bring people into this world. And now I get to see so many other black actresses, uh, you know, adult film actresses and that are doing um, doing similar work, meaning that they're bringing the brand that they want to see represented, and they're owning their work, they're owning their content, they're owning we're owning our bodies. We have autonomy of our yeah. That's why I'm doing this. I love it. <laughs> Can you explain to people from a therapist viewpoint what is sexual anxiety? So. And knowing that we were going to talk about this tonight, I was thinking, like, how do I want to define this? How do I want to define this? Um, and I think it's important to, to use as lay, term, as lay terms and as lay of, of description as possible because anxiety 
even non-sexual anxiety manifests in people in very different ways. So I, I wanted to make sure that, that we didn't get too into like clinical details and, and, and things that might exclude someone from feeling well. I don't have that, so something else might be the problem. Um, nor did I want to put this general blanket, which the actual, uh, it, it, it is very general. Um, and, you know, cast everyone with sexual anxiety. So I'm work is in my practice around sexual anxiety. I look at it from two perspectives. Am I having anxiety outside of my sexual relationships that aren't my sex? So what this might look like, especially for black folks, especially for black women, are you so stressed at, with dealing with things outside of your intimate space that it becomes very difficult for you to center your pleasure or to center pleasure or to focus on intimate intimacy? And I want us to even think about intimacy out penetration. Okay. okay. You know, like I'm trying, I'm, to the end of the range. I want us to even back up to like relationship. Okay. I know that when I am very stressed with work, with oppression of the society in which we live in, that I don't really want to talk with my friends as much. I don't want to engage in my partner at a deeper level because I am probably focused on being that makes it really difficult if you can't even have that more surface level intimacy right. to get into the physical level of intimacy. Before anxiety manifests in our body, you know, and so some of the things with sexual anxiety, you might think of, when you think of your body, like, oh, erectile dysfunction or vaginal dryness or pain um, or inability to focus. Before any of those things manifest in our body, it starts in our brain and our, yeah. our, our, in our mind. So a lot of times we attack our body right away. Some Things wrong with me. It's something I ate. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too this. I'm too that. Um, actually, if you could start a little, a little sooner, you might be able to make a better connection to how your body is responding to a, a, a mental anxiety, an emotional anxiety. So that's one way of looking at sexual anxiety: is my outside anxiety, depression, any of those things having an influence on how I'm able to focus and center pleasure in my sex. The second way that I look at it is, are there things that are happening in sex, like in my intimacy, that I cannot do? So is it trauma mm. that I'm having a difficult time disconnecting from that makes it difficult for me to enjoy sexual engagement? Is it something physical? Is it an insecurity about my body? Is it my partner not knowing how to work with my body? Is it me not knowing my body that causes me any type of uh, mental upset where my focus leaves the actual interaction and it becomes incredibly focused on performance? Yeah. It becomes focused on things that we are not interested in or don't like about ourselves. Or it becomes focused on, is the light right? Is the door locked? Is the da-da-da? Is, you know, is the laundry done? those kind of things. So um, that is that is how I would like, if it's okay with you, to frame sexual anxiety from those two perspectives for our talk tonight. Oh, I think it's perfect because when I broached the subject with you, I was fixated on the internal with the trauma, but I never thought about the external forces, especially over, I, I hate to say for the past year, like it trickles yeah. down from the yeah. past 400 years. <laughs> 
right? That part. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And something that a lot of people have been able to, um, let's just talk about this year, for example, um, thinking about how this might have an impact on black and brown people very differently. You know, we might see in the beginning of like quarantine, it was like, oh, there's going to be a lot of quarantine babies, right? Um, or like partners are either going to fall deeply in love with each other or they're just going to, they just don't fall out, you know, like, you know, right. like <laughs> energy of all of them. But there's intersections about our stress and intimacy that, that people um, don't always recognize. And I mean us as well. Our safety was at risk during this time in general as we went through the um, uprisings of the Black Lives Matter movement this summer. Our families were dying at a higher percentage rate than anybody else in the world. Yes, ma'am. You know, um, these stressors don't to like rose petals leading to the bed like, like uh uh-uh, we don't have energy for that we need our energy to survive <laughs> just to make so, it another day absolutely now that was just this year this these pressures that we deal with day to day like you said the last 400 years so um so to speak like we're born into stress yeah Generational trauma is real. It is so it's so real because if you're not healed, how can how can you offer strength based um support to someone else? And this is you know, the on and on. And and Kay and I did a real lively discussion yesterday at McGill University talking about the ways that sometimes we look at um the symptoms of something that we're experiencing and again we don't take it all the way back to why are these stressors here? How does, like like you were saying earlier, where our sex has been dictated generally by, by men, both men, if we want to just say with black men, those black men learned what was their model in America for men, white men. And that model has been violent against our bodies. Extremely. You know? um, so there is a, a, extremely, and there's a, there is a, uh, anxious fear oftentimes for us to interact with anyone intimately because we have had violence against our body that actually occurred. We have had our bodies fetishized to the point that my figure, I, I remember being in intimate situations before I became this level of comfortable with my body where I'm like, dang, this person is like, I'm, I'm black and my butt is not going to do, like, you're not going to try your butt when you got off car and went in the house like you know right you know (laughs) you know like um and i remember finally having having a word with myself and going you have never been turned down sexually because you are not this enough that enough this enough no one has ever suggested you weren't enough that that's coming from me Mm -hmm. but but then where is it really coming from again i'm acting out the symptoms of a problem that is way bigger than me. It is having been told since I was born that there is a particular way that black woman's body is supposed to look, move, shake, pop, jump, get, cook, everything, right? That- however, no matter how well it does it, there is another standard of beauty that is still always going to be better than yours. So mm. that messaging didn't come from me. Come from with it was it was program you know somebody mentioned in the comments unlearning and so yes i did have to take a moment of 
to learn being able to decide like this anxiety about my body and and my performance changing it's not even my own wow it's been it's been passed down to me and i get to decide if i would like to bestow it upon the next generation or not and i've decided not to (laughs) god bless you for that you know while you're talking i'm thinking about our elders for us who passed down their general generational trauma with just the word men exactly men ain't shit just go on and do what you got to do let him just as long as he finishes and when i hear that that automatically puts me in the role of it being a job i mean i never felt that way but it puts me it will put somebody in the mind of it being a job and that women cannot enjoy sex for their own like we can't have our own sexual pleasure it's okay to have an orgasm with or without our partner there it's all right you're not gonna go to hell (laughs) you know something um that you were saying like it's a job and what do you want to do well? What do you want to do at a job? You want to perform well, right? You want to get hired again. You want to get paid for it. You want to get praised for your work. That's right. And I don't think that that, you know, like, so when you are looking at, at it as a job, then you do get focused on that performance. And, I, you know, sex is not a performance unless you are a professional performer. Right. Right. So there are times when there are certain acts that I, I, I have to play out to meet the, to meet the bill. You know, like they want to see this, they want to see that, they want to see that. Okay, boom, boom, boom. We're getting paid for this, this, that. It is a transactional performance. Yes. Granted, enjoy it. I, you know, I uh, get to set my, my limits with that. But that is a performance. That is where performance anxiety should show up when I am performing. Sex that is not for a professional performer is an experience. That's it. It's just an experience. So... I'm having a sexual experience. The end of this experience may be different than the last time. I want to be able to talk about this experience very differently from the one before and from the next one. Mm. We go out to eat. Remember that time we went out to eat, girl? And then you said, when? When we went to the um the, 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 the place. Which time? The, the, the On the first of the month or when we went back at the end, towards the end of the month? We, we know that is an experience each time might be differently that we want to draw ourselves back to to remember or maybe we don't we don't want to re-experience that if we started to think about our bedroom experience hey i do think something beautiful can happen we would explore it differently we would experience it differently we'd experience it without the pressure i don't need accolades for my sex my accolades are do i feel pleasured do i feel good Am I happy with what I offered to my partner? Right. Exactly. Ooh. Now I want my awards in my porn stuff. In my profession. Like I that's where I want my accolades. <laughs> <laughs> right. In my in my personal life, I want my experience. You know, and that's what what also drew me to you because when I will watch your films, I was like, what is it about? This couple, well, I didn't know that you all were a couple at the time. I was like, uh, what is it about okay. them? Because their their films look, I don't know, there was like a connection. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that you all were a couple. And then it, it just started clicking. I'm like, oh, 
That's why it stood out so much. It's about that connection and that performance with your partner, as you say. Uh huh. Uh huh. And also being in touch with your bodies. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Being able to to focus on what is the intention of this space? Is it to communicate with each other physically? Is it to relieve one another? Is it to just like spend time in a different way? Is it to play? Um, I think sometimes like we think like like you mentioned, if we if we could just ask our partners, what is the intent of sex? And just kind of here, just just here, it might be to make sure you get off. Aha. Uh -huh. That person might then be raised with the the comments that you were that you were saying, you know, just like make sure he's fine and that's fine. Or maybe someone says that, you know, it's to relax my body. Oh, okay, cool. That helps me understand that you're coming into this with that intention. And then asking, what if we opened up those intentions? What other reasons could we be having sex for? And I think that's like that that's when we are like having that ownership of our right. sex. We're deciding how we want what we want it to look like. It shouldn't look like, I, I remember um, this dude that I, I was with him for a long time and I sort of hope that this flows its way back to him. Um, <laughs> Let's he, hear it. He, I hope I hope it flows, I, I won't say his name, but y'all, anybody who knows me knows who he is. And it was a long, it, it was the longest relationship before this beautiful long relationship that I'm in now. Okay. He had a routine. And when I looked at his, it all made sense and it's like I, I had to like kind of live through it and, and then understand it now some like 10-15 years later it was a little bit of licking a lot of bit of sucking front 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 flip her over back and come it was just like it, was, it and I was like oh, oh now that I'm in the porn industry and when we see these um kind of like templates that like main companies want it's the same a little bit of licking a little bit of a lot of bit of sucking face to face flip her over Come on, come on our ass. Like, and, and that's like, that is packaged and marketed. Come on our ass, right? You know, um, doggy style, the butt, and all of that kind of thing. Right. So it was just, it was very interesting after leaving that relationship and realizing, oh, no wonder why. I wouldn't say that the sex was bad. It just never grew. And I take ownership of that um, because I didn't, I didn't think sexual relationship and say, hey, what else could we try to was the orgasm, the, the ejaculation on my butt. Uh, um, <laughs> so <laughs> anyways, sometimes we, we do have to learn where our partners learned about sex, what they learned about sex, and mean that is either adding to the anxiety um, or, or, yeah, just basically adding to the anxiety or taking away from the pleasure. Right. I, I love how you said, talk to your partner, be intentional. But what if they don't know how to even broach that initial question? Yeah. So I don't think that I don't think that some of your listeners are going to like this this comment, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. If we're having a hard time communicating about sex, should we be having that sex? Ooh. Do we need to spend more time having maybe sex with ourselves? Do we need to have more hard conversations with ourselves to ask, why is it hard for me to even broach the subject about sex with somebody that I am exchanging sex with? 
you know, and I'll, I'll take it even out of the transaction of sex. I always like to give examples outside of sex because it's like logic, logic, logic. And then when sex gets in, it's like, it's, you know, like the scary thing, right? But I just want to show us how we already are doing this. Right. I think about it from a business transaction. If I can't talk about money with somebody that I'm about to go in business with, probably shouldn't, you know, probably shouldn't do business with them. And it is, is it? Is it the person? Is it your lover that you are concerned they're not going to hear you out? You're going to hurt their feelings? Is it you? Does using the words I want in sex or I'm concerned in sex, like, does it get choked up in your mouth? If so, what what is like, it's not a dick. So what is it that's choking you up? Um, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that was so bad. Um, but so good. <laughs> What is it that is keeping you from having this conversation? And I think that is so valuable to explore because nine times out of 10, that's probably the source of your anxiety. It's like, this person is not going to understand me. This person is not going to want to meet my needs or I'm scared to have this conversation because maybe what it, what it says about me or you. So, I mean, I use the same tactics with my children um, is that you're, if you can't have a conversation about sex with your partner, your needs, your desires, what you want this to look like, what you hope is going to happen before, during, and after, then maybe, maybe you can, you know, think about it a little longer. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying examine that. Exactly. You need to come with authenticity. That's something else. You know, there, I was watching this, um, this live and it, it was this man talking about how um, he wanted to have sex. You know, he couldn't even say the word sex. This yeah. old grown ass man in his forties. What was he saying? Huh? Was he saying doing it? He, no, he said if we have sex, and he has three kids. Yeah, that just make that blew my mind. So you know the authenticity really comes with it because I believe if you do not piggybacking on what you said, if you do not explore your wants and needs and desires, they can pick it for you, your partner. But who's to say well, if they may or may not have your best interests at heart? And 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 here's the thing: if someone is picking your pleasure for you then you're also cheating them of an experience. And I think sometimes we feel like if I just do what this person wants, I know that my body responds incredibly differently to my partner if we are engaged in what I am excited to do. And so he gets the best benefit of sex with me when I'm involved in terms of the what's gonna happen here. You know, and when you say involved, not just physically, here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some of the best sex I have had is because we communicated. We already were screwing fucking even before we got in the bed. Mm -hmm. Open line of communication was there. It was there. And he even asked me, well, what if I do this to you? I'm like, mm-mm. I didn't think it was bad or nasty. I yeah. just wasn't into it. That's all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Uh, hold on, we have a comment. Hi, Dion. Dion was on last week. Hey, Dion. He said, <laughs> I have to come back to this to view this. I'm about to go into a okay, Dion. I will I want you to come back. <laughs> yes, and it is a very interesting topic. So um yeah, it, it's just the line of communication was so open and it was fire. Oh, so good. I love that. Yeah. I was talking to, um, I, I do have a strong like connection to women and sexual anxiety because so much of uh, products, market, like everything is geared towards men and erectile dysfunction, which I, I generally feel has a lot more to do with mental health. Um, and issues around performance anxiety, then it has to do with taking a pill to get blood. You know, like, I mean, I, there are definitely medical reasons why people experience um, vaginal dryness, erectile dysfunction, pain during sex and all of those things. But we're not talking about the physical medical issues. I always suggest seeing a doctor first to, to make sure we take those out, off the table before we start looking at some of the things that we're talking about, which in, in terms of like mental health and practices. I like to take the focus off of men because men have a pill now, which was actually originally designed for women. Um, so Viagra was was for a condition related to women. Um, actually, specifically, I, I feel like it's PMDD. And then it somehow became men. They found out that men's dick will get hard with it. And then it no longer was our pill. But anyways, um, <laughs> so they have, you know, they have a pill. They have. A lot, there is a lot of stigma around erectile dysfunction, but there's also a lot of attention on like, you can fix this, we can work through this, it's okay, right? For women, we don't, um, other than like, you know, she has a headache, she's not in the mood, like we don't even get an opportunity to, to explore, well, what is the matter? Where can we right. talk about these things? What does it look like on us? What does sexual anxiety look like for women? It might look like vaginal dryness. It may it may be pain during sex. It may be inability to focus on your pleasure. It may be experiencing trauma and triggers and just going disassociating and taking whatever is happening to you. Um, it can look like a lot of these things that don't manifest themselves in limp dick, right? So I, I do think that it's important for for women to understand that um, that like always thinking about something else and not being present during sex, that is not a normal and natural state for us. That is something that has been sold to us to decenter our importance in sex. She's not there anyways, just fuck her. Right, right. Just a whole, literally. And they all, you know, all you think about these sitcoms and the woman is like, <sighs> or in porn where it is like, you know, like well-known and, and sort of comical that like orgasms are faked in a particular way. And so we have normalized not being important. We've normalized not having a voice. We've normalized anxiety, performance anxiety. We've normalized those things. With, with men, we haven't normalized erectile dysfunction. Um, that. Wow. How about that? Mm. So I know you can't go into details, but do you have a lot of clients that come in for sexual anxiety? Yeah, I do. Um, I have a lot of people that come into come into practice thinking that something is wrong 
with maybe they don't love their partner anymore because they can't get turned on the same way. Um, they think their relationship is coming to an end because they can't focus in sex. So maybe they're not attracted to the person. Maybe their partner's not attracted to them. Maybe this is where it ends. So we see a lot of really beautiful connections being interrupted by a conversation that we just can't seem to have with each other. Um, that often a lot of women, uh, and, and I, I do have primarily a um, woman clientele base, and many women come in and they discount their sexual experiences. And when I say discount, it's like, yeah, we have sex and, you know, it's good. Like he's not complaining. And the, 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 and I'm like, whoa, back up. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, you know, like not him. He can talk to his therapist about his good sex life. What is yours like? And there is no way that he can be having a good sex life if you're not actively involved mentally and physically. So for those people who are still operating from the premise of I'm better to other people than I am to myself, that that's fine. If that's where you are, be there for right now. But just know that if you are going to center someone else, it does mean that you have to do some you have to do some self centering and some work on on your on yourself to offer that person the best version of you. Absolutely. I always go back to the inner work and the healing and self-validating. Because if you are navigating through life, that's the more you navigate through life and the people pleaser. I didn't even think about that till just now. That can be people pleasing also in the bed, partner pleasing, mm -hmm. as opposed to coming together. Oh, excuse yeah. the fun. Coming oh, together, but coming, <laughs> but coming together and having a beautiful moment, mm -hmm. whether it's freaky, raunchy, hot. It it's exciting, right? It doesn't matter. Even if it's casual, right? That's the other thing is that sometimes people are like, well, I don't have like a partner, partner or a relationship. It's just sex. But like it's still an experience that you should want the best out of. And what what would it be for it to be the best experience for you? For some people, it is gonna be that like kinky degradation. He just used me or she just used me, threw me against the wall, like all that. But if that's what you want and you have been able to articulate that and you're having that played out, then you're actively engaged. If you are having a different experience than your partner is having, like it doesn't matter if that's a one shot deal like don't don't waste your drops on something that you're not going to get yeah. pleasure and pleasure doesn't always mean an orgasm i think that's important to share it's like it's great if you have one it's kind of like a bonus feature can you explain but, that to the listeners absolutely so we're taught through you know mainstream porn that sex ends when one of the partners, usually the male, has an orgasm so it's almost like sex isn't successful unless there is this this come and that's not necessary you know like that is a part of the experience but if your only focus is getting to the end then like you might as well just masturbate you know how to do that much faster right like it it's it's if we can kind of take it back a couple of notches and go i want this whole thing to be pleasurable and if at the end there's a bonus awesome but what do we want to do between here and there Right, you know, and so again, that focus like I've seen women, you know, like I can't make my partner come as fast as I used to. Okay, okay, what are you doing between there and and when when they do come? 
you know, mm-hmm. or male partners saying, I don't think I'm satisfying her because she doesn't come. Did she say she was dissatisfied? Did she say that that was the goal of this in- engagement? And so that's, again, coming with these intentions. Right. Um, intentions and authenticity. Like, babe, it's okay. I didn't come. I'm good. Let's hug and squeeze yeah. each other. It, it still can go on. Absolutely. I love with for my partner and I, we might start in the morning and we don't have time because I got to get down, you know, do other things. He's got to get to work. And then we continue in the in the evening or even another day. Like it's 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 OK. It, it doesn't. It's the experience. Kind of like, again, going back to eating out. Like, do you really have to get the same thing every time? Like you can start with dessert sometimes. Sometimes you skip dessert depending on where you are in your life. Were you full when you started? Maybe you don't need the whole, like just kind of taking, like looking at our preferences and how we interface with other things can give us that variety that we don't seem to think that we have and can have in sex. And that is one of the things that I love about fetish and kink. It has really brought in my perspective about how many other ways there are to engage with intimacy that don't necessarily have to look like that, that, that routine, that template that I was talking about. Right. So question, can you be promiscuous and have sexual anxiety? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things with anxiety, oftentimes people kind of envision that one, we talked about the physical and then we also talked about that, that like, uh, we talk about the physical and then we talk about how it manifests in the body. Usually when people think of anxiety, they think of like rapid thoughts, heart beating, sweating. Another way that we have anxiety is shutting down. Shutting down. What does that look like? It can look catatonic. It can look quiet. It can look out off to space, trying to c- connect with a happier time or place. Um, it can look like watching the clock and just waiting for it to be over. It can be focused on that end. Hurry up and come. Hurry up and come. Did I do my job? Did I do my job? Am I going to get my praise? Remember, I'm just doing a job. People have casual sex all the time because they don't oftentimes have the words to say, no, thank you. I'd rather have a longer conversation or I'm actually... I actually want to keep this conversation that we have going. I'm feeling really hot and turned on about the the sapiosexual of this. I'm not ready to be touched. Oftentimes we do that same template. Girl meets boy, goes on a date, makes a connection, goes back home, pretends that she doesn't do this every time. (laughs) We have our, we've been socialized with how to even have dates, you know what I mean? Or how to engage with someone in that where we don't even insert the part where we we talk about like, would we like to have sex? We kind of go like, I was just going with the flow, you know? And so a lot of times we are repeating these same anxious cycles where we might be excited about connecting with someone physically. And then we get into that that um, that situation where we are face-to-face, we're doing the, having sex and I'm unable to articulate that I hate this position. Yeah, so that doesn't me, work for me. Right. In order for me to endure that position, I have to shut down. That disassociation. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that is if you look up anxiety without even the sexual part, that is definitely a part of anxiety. It is disassociating. And we do see that happen. Um, 
I love to engage my engage my partners uh, with senses. You know, do you like how I smell? Do you like how I feel? What are you looking at right now down there? What do you you know? And and that's keeping them present. It's also keeping me grounded. Yes. But that's actively engaging in sex, and it is centering the experience, not when is it going to be over. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, you can be promiscuous, but just compete, com- doing that same routine of getting excited and then not having the tools to get through it in a pleasure-centered way, therefore either shutting down or overthinking the situation and then trying it again. Maybe it'll be different with another partner. Maybe it'll be different. And it's like, oh, no. Common denominator is you. You. It always goes back to you, that self-work, that inner work, the self-awareness, and also being present. I While you're talking, I'm hearing that sex can also be, um, have mindfulness sex. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Those are mindfulness techniques all the way. And it doesn't matter if it's a, a one, uh, and this is a, this is a tool. If you have a partner that does um, either disassociate, shut down, or has a hard time engaging, um, or if you yourself uh, have these, these, these issues and you want to make sure that you are being as present as you possibly can be. Um, in porn, we, we talk about using, talk about what's happening. Give your, give yourself a narrative. I like it when you're, oh, I can feel your foot touching my foot. I love being that close to you. Oh, I can still smell dinner on your breath. I love how savage we're being right now, right? So we're literally talking about what we're experiencing and that allows us to stay engaged. When we can hear our own voice and we can hear our partner responding to our voice, we may then be empowered to say one more thing. Like, I really like that. Can you stay right there? But we have to start practicing somewhere. You're not going to just fly out the gate from going like I check out and I go somewhere else to sex to all of a sudden I'm giving instructions. What is the middle ground there? It's just one, stay in the room. You know, two, maybe hearing your own voice, but not needing to necessarily think up anything. Just explaining what's happening in the space. Right. What you just did made my back arch. That ain't no damn dirty talk. I'm literally just telling you what physically happened to me. <laughs> so it's helping me stay engaged. Um, and that that might be a nice balance. Maybe level three is where we are, where it's just like, ah, don't do that. You're going to make my back arch. <laughs> I'm very quick to say something does not feel good. And what it does feel good. Absolutely, because you want more of it. It's, it's positive reinforcement. It really is. It, it really is. So um, I like to tell people, like, use your words. If sex is adult play, use the exact same rules we use in kid play in adult play. Use your words. Would you like someone to do something different? Use your words. <laughs> it's play. You know what? I love that. I believe the overall what I'm getting from this conversation, which you just said, use your words. Communication. Yeah. And being able to figure out what those words, what those words are. Um, I do, you know, I know both of us from the life coach perspective, therapist perspective, this is the kind of work that we do. It doesn't happen in an hour. 
Um, it yes. doesn't happen over, you know, social media, but sitting with our clients and helping them understand what is it that you, um, you know, what is the benefit of your sex that you're having right now? What kind of pleasure are you getting from it? What kind of pleasure are you putting into it? How do you know that, um, that you have had pleasure centered sex or that you are showing up and staying grounded in sex? What are ways that we can help you stay grounded? Now, would you like to invite your partner into a session? Can we help you facilitate a conversation? Like this is the kind of work that we do because there we were not taught. We were we were not taught these tools. And the Absolutely. places, you know, our sex education from our parents and our school system have basically told us shame and abstinence generally. And guilt. And guilt, exactly. And then when we look to where our next best option was sex entertainment, you know, that was designed by our oppressors. So we're really not going to see ways that we should be pleased or centered or grounded in sex. And thankfully, you know, I'm, I'm going to give myself props to my company for trying to change that paradigm, but we're just one company. You know what I'm saying? The porn industry is large. So Knowing that we have either not been taught or we've been miseducated, it's okay for us to like chop off the ego and get the help that you need. Right. I That's love that part. part. Yeah. Let go of the ego. And if you feel that the trauma that you've experienced way back when, it's okay to go and get the help. You know, part of a black girl getting her shift together is once again that self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And okay, I'm cringing every time my partner touches me. I love him, but I cannot take it. I'm just gonna go disassociate. <laughs> That's the oh, we do do have a question. Do you think? Ooh, someone asked. Do you think role playing would help? Yeah, absolutely. Role That's play. A, I'll answer that. This isn't Ursula as the life coach. This is Ursula. <laughs> That's a hard yes. <laughs> it, it is. Um, yeah, role play is amazing. One of the ways uh, that I, I I I am not like I don't get into characters and roles and and cosplay as much as I probably would like to. Maybe that's something that I'm saving and storing up. But I realized I was using my hair as a form of role play. Um. Like I change up the color or my weave or, you know, whatever the style. And I'd be like, oh, you know, oh, she's bubbly. Oh, she's edgy. You know, and so I would kind of bring that energy in. And that sometimes will help like shake some of the nerves if you have like this alter ego to, to support you through something yeah. that might be a little uncomfortable. Um, so, yeah, I love the idea. And then role play allows you to say things in a character's voice that maybe you don't feel quite comfortable saying. And that's OK. Um, you I think that we have to be able to use whatever tools we have while we're working yeah. on ourselves. We don't have to go on this 10 year hiatus to find self. It's like, well, you can still be enjoying sex and intimacy while you are improving upon, you know, the best, uh, the best version of you at this moment. Mm. Jasmine, I have so many more questions to ask. You don't have to answer now. It would be nice. I would love for you to come back. You are a gem. Yes. Oh, that would be awesome. I can't read this now. But while we've been on, my phone has been popping. It's just been vibrating. So, oh, 
excuse the pun. I should have put it between my legs, right? Yes, you should have. <laughs> but yeah, I would love for you to come back. I know your schedule is so busy, but you know, as black women, we just we're so powerful. And I want us to know that there is power in the pussy too. So much and it's power. oh, it is, and it's sex is healthy. And it, it's natural, but I believe we've been turned, uh, learned that, uh, we've been taught, excuse me, that it's okay, like if a little boy plays with themselves, you know, oh boy, stop, but mm -hmm. let it be a female. We are whores, and she's a hot ass, and it all comes with it. And there goes that toxic shame and yeah. guilt when. We have a vagina. It's there. Why wouldn't we touch it? I touch my hair. Why Why leave that off limits? It's, you know, again, that autonomy of self. If if you own all of you, um, then you get to make those decisions. If you choose to give decision-making to someone else, like, you know, 400 years of oppression, as long as it's your choice, that's the biggest thing for me. It's like... If it's your choice to live by those those morals and those values and those ethics and those behaviors around sex and sexuality, let that be your choice. I think it's important for us to know that it hasn't been our choice and we do have options. We do. So I, I know and I'm, I'm so happy you said you would come back. I do have some questions from some of the listeners and I've okay. gone through them. So they are, respect. yeah, they are very respectful, but people were so interested on you being the unicorn that you are, being an adult film actress in several porn movies. And they're good. If you all <laughs> don't be embarrassed, go to Pornhub, just for the teasers. But if you really want, to support black business, even watching porn is supporting black business. Can you tell them the name of your company? Yes, it is RoyalFetishXXX.com. And I put it in the show notes. So there is a link already for people to click on it and it goes to everything. Love so um, let me give you a couple of questions before we okay. get off, if you do not mind, because I know mm -hmm. you are a busy mommy. Um, mm -hmm. When was the first time you saw porn? Oh, I had to be around seven or eight. My older cousins were watching it in, um, in like our uh, we had a, a family house, and the girl cousins and I we were like tagging each other to go run and look behind the couch, and then run back and tag the other girl in. Run, look, <laughs> and yeah, it was. Um, Oof, that was it was very traumatizing when seeing the, those kind of acts without any context. So it is important for us to help our children understand in an appropriate way without exposing them to adult content that adults play differently than children do because they will. Exactly. <laughs> right. I'm going to tell you real quick. When I was a young girl and I got my period and I told my mom, you know what she said to me? Hmm. Hmm. Now that you have your period, she was doing this. She's like, you make sure he wears a raincoat. You were so confused. What the? Who is confused? Where's the rain? <laughs> so look, 
in my child's mind, the first thing that came to my mind was the Gordon's fisherman with the yellow raincoat and the slicker and the slicker hat and the yellow boots. I'm a kid. I don't know. And I was confused forever. And there goes it right there. Have communication with your kids. What's a raincoat? Apparently, I found out years later. Oh, it's a condom. Just say she it. Couldn't say the word. She couldn't say the word. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what's a pet peeve of mine when people name their their vagina and saying like the pocketbook and um what was another one? Oh, it's just oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay, here's another question. And let's see. What do your friends and family think of your chosen career in the porn industry? Or do um, they know? So everybody in my family Everybody in my family is, is well aware, my, um, you know, my, my children, and um, I have a are in the know. And um, what they think about it. Oh, no. Uh, tell me, can you see me? Now I can. Okay, cool. Um, so everyone is in the know, and they think that it's, my job and just like any other job your kids really don't care what you do as long as you make whatever money you're supposed to make to buy them the things that they're supposed to have and some extra like they're generally good um they family- just want playstation at the end of the day <laughs> okay next question so my kids uh, are very- they're very what uh, are we back i think we we had a little lag um, I was just mentioning that, you know, I think my my family is happy that I'm happy. My family's happy. Uh, come with me being able to work for myself, that come with me being able to autonomize, uh, autonomize and monetize my body. Um, but it was never up for, oops, give me one second. It was never up for decision making. It was up for, I'm sharing this with you for awareness. Mm -hmm. I'm sharing this with you because I never want anyone else to tell you, but I am not asking for permission. I am the queen of this and will do what I need to do. I will keep you safe. I will provide for you. I will uplift my motherly duties, but I will not live my life as if I was only born to be your mother. I love it. Strong boundaries and expectations with my family. I am a member of individual, and I have to meet my own life goals and my own needs. And I will represent this family and this tribe well, doing what I want to do. I love it. Okay, I will save the other questions for later because I know it's time to wrap it up. Can you hear me? Okay. I I gathered, um, we're getting choppy now, but I gather we're going to save those questions for the next time we get together. Next time. But I have my own questions. I want you to choose. Yes, ma'am. Choose a number between one and four. Three. Great. I have 11 questions to ask you. (laughs) This is a rapid fire part right now, girl. Okay, um, what's your favorite sexual position? Missionary. Why? Um, eye contact, deeper. 
Okay. Um, well, that answered the next question. I was going to ask you which position makes you come fastest? Missionary. Okay. Um, Dom, sub, or switch? Um, personal. Excuse me? It went out. Dominant professionally, uh, dominant professionally, switch personal. <gasps> me too! I'm definitely a switch for sure. <laughs> okay. Um, what's your most downloaded video so people can tune in? Orally yours. Okay. Um, so as you know, I live in Atlanta. When is the fetish fantasy show coming to Atlanta? Because I want to have a front row ticket. <laughs> as soon as y'all will wear a mask and get vaccinated, we will be there. Can, can you make an announcement to the people in Atlanta who are living their best lives to put their mask on and socially distance so I can get to the fetish fetish party, please? <laughs> please, for the love of Ursula. Wear your mask, socially distance, keep it in until you can get that vaccine so we can all get together and do some kinky, nasty things as safely as possible. Thank you. Um, let's see. Ass play or pussy play? Pussy play. Okay. Um, what do you like to do to wind down from the work week, whether it's your porn that you're doing or producing or with fetish films or yeah. as a therapist? Mm -hmm. So right now during this time of COVID where I don't have some of the outlets that I, I would enjoy, um, I have started gardening and I have a little garden on my patio. So at the end of every workday, I go out and I sit for like maybe 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes if I can. I look at my plants have grown since yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I check the soil. I have plants right there and also my garden. Um, and usually King and I, we sit down and we disconnect from the kids and work for a couple of minutes just to check in with each other on, you know, how do we feel? So we just kind of do a feelings check and not like, how do I feel about you? How did just like, how are you feeling? How was your day today? And we, we treat it the same way we would if it was a work day and we were coming in from you know, different different cities and meeting up like we used to, but instead we're coming from different levels of the house and meeting in the garden. I love it. I started a quarantine garden as well on my balcony. Oh, and you gotta send me pictures. I will. It's my safe place, my haven, and I do a lot of meditation out there. It's everything. What well, um let's see, what turned you on the most? Hmm. Mm, that's a good one right now. Let me see right now. What turns me on the a good hustle. I am like definitely with the stereotypic aspect of like, a, like that provider at, you know? Um, so, so I love a brain that is like thinking of business, um, business ventures, or just thinking about like the long term of ways that we're not going to have to worry. So whether it's a new romantic partner or my long-term partner, I love a good hustle. I love it. Okay. So when you all, now you're at work at Fetish Films, mm -hmm. do they, do they uh, suggest when a woman, not the man, when a woman gets ready to come to make the pretty come face or is it just whatever you look like? 
Yeah, so in with our films, we don't make any, we don't have any expectations that our performers will perform anything other than how they feel that day. Oh, through pre-filming, like this is what we would like to see happen. This is the concept. And we renegotiate that the day of because what you might have said a week or two ago when we were planning might feel a little bit differently in your body. Yeah, you may have gotten your period. You may be, you know, all the things, right? All the yeah. things. Um, and so we renegotiate and we never lay all, like we don't, when we create scenes, we don't rest our investment on there gotta, there has to be a cum shot. There has to be an orgasm. It needs to look this way. We rest our investment on if the performers are comfortable and they're having a good sexual experience, mm -hmm. it will be a valuable piece of content. So mm -hmm. when you talk about chemistry that you see in our film, when you talk about connection, it is because we are not being forced to do anything other than how our body is going to naturally respond to the scenario that we've placed ourselves in. Um, and so our films are very authentic in that way. We don't... Yeah. It come um if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen but again like that's our that's our personal feelings also about sex is that the sex happened the orgasm like maybe you saw it maybe you didn't maybe it was that good orgasm when you just saw me go <sighs> and then get back into sex it doesn't need an announcement or a subtitle you saw something experience that was hopefully beautiful to you that's that authentic come. Yes. You know? Mm -hmm. Can you explain the artistic cream pie? Ooh, well, that's different to different people. The art of it is really in, it's like the beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? So for some people, it is seeing the, the um, ejacula ejaculation of the male performer come out and drip out of the female performer, or, or it could be male to male, just, you know, ass, uh, it could be dripping out of the ass. Sometimes it's a mixing of the juices. That one person's come and the other person's come. Some people like to see it smeared all over. Um, so the art is however creative you like to see that ejaculate is going to like, you're going to find your tribe. Um, and so people will be like, I love how you kept the camera there. And we were able to see every little drip out. You know, it's like, okay. I didn't know that was art, but yeah, I'm with it. And for Two more questions. <laughs> What um what is your biggest challenge as a therapist? Um, my biggest challenge as, as a therapist is, I mean, my clients are awesome. They they come to me very appropriately. I think one of the things is setting a boundary. When you're not in my therapy setting, I'm not your therapist. Mm -hmm. So that's it. I'm I'm not your therapist. I um sometimes I I feel like when I ask someone how their day is, they like try to get that session and it's like that's not how therapy works you're just you know it's just like talking with an engineer they're not going to build a bridge like this <laughs> yeah i get it i'm in the dental field and when i would go to the gym and if i would have just put braces on someone and hey ursula see right here no let me get on this treadmill i mean I, no yeah. i'm off the clock yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the work-life balance exactly i love that work-life balance mm -hmm. and the last question is question slash statement 
So I'm not ready to actually be on porn, but are you all hiring for fluff girls? Oh, <laughs> I love that. Funny thing that you said that it sounds like you are looking for a behind the scenes experience. So that sounds like a whole scene within itself that doesn't need to be filmed. But let me tell you about um, my thoughts about fluff girls. One is that that was definitely a thing um, and can still be. My take to male performers that need fluffers is you are a professional, either come with your fluffer oh. or come with your solution to your, to your issue. Um, my job is to show up as a performer and make sure that my body can perform mm -hmm. and I am getting paid for what we do on camera. I am not getting paid to support you off camera and um, we are professionals. So you should come with whatever tools and resources that you, you should have. Uh, I have been on sets where people have certainly like, Hey, I want to get this shoe over. Like, is there something I can do to help? And that's certainly appropriate. It's consensual or someone like yourself. That's just like, look, tag me in. I'm trying to get some action behind the scenes. Totally appropriate. Um, but for those performers who or people who are thinking about getting into the industry and think like you uh, are, it's easy to get hard when there are cameras this close to you. And there's like not one person holding the camera, but there's like 10 other people in the space and your and, and, and your co-star is like on their phone waiting for you to get hard because they not like it's a hard job, you know, and. And you really do have to be a skilled professional to be able to do it. And you should be able to do it independent of your co-star. Wow. That's some dope shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say all the other questions for the next time you come on, because I can go so much deeper, but you know, <laughs> as respect to your time, because we did go over it, and I apologize, but okay. we're going to get off now. So, um, I will say this, you are definitely a black girl that has her shift together. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm going to wear that badge with honor. Don't worry. I'll send you a t-shirt. <laughs> I did it for the t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, right. I did it for a t-shirt. I will definitely send you something for sure. We'll talk about that offline. So uh, can you tell the listeners parting words on any upcoming virtual events or anything that you all have going on with Royal Fetish, Royal Fetish Films? So we are releasing new films every week. Um, you can also see a lot of behind the scenes and I answer a lot of these kind of sexual questions, comments and conversations on my OnlyFans. So you can see more. There's content every single day uploading on both of our OnlyFans. Uh, so it's OnlyFans.com, JetSetJasmine, OnlyFans.com, King Noir. And just stay up for updates on JetSettingJasmine.com. Please follow me on all social media. There's always some fun webinar or um, shoot that we're doing. We're doing a lot of virtual shoots. And we have some cool um, socially distanced BDSM scenes that are on Kink.com. So please check those out and look at ways that y'all can keep safe and still be kinky. Um, and also like, yeah, just examples of how fun things that you could even do with your partner in your own space to draw out sex, um, a little further and have more of an experience than a performance. So I hope you enjoy what we have to share. I love it. And they can also catch you on Netflix. Oh yeah. On the show bonding on, um, the season two of bonding and we make some cool cameos. So you could be like, Ooh, she ain't got no lines cause she can't act, but that's okay. <laughs> 
But the way you had that whip, girl, you were moving that in that figure eight. I was like, look at her. And I can do that too. I didn't. Yes, because you got your shift together. Yes, ma'am. On that note, we're going to end. You all, thank you for dealing with all the technical somewhat issues. And thank you for migrating over to YouTube and Facebook. And visit um, Jasmine's site. You know, the link is in the bio. Just click on it. Remember, support Black business. Jasmine, I will get in touch with you later on so we can get another time schedule. Yes. But you have a beautiful evening and thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate everything you offer to our sisters because there's power in the pussy. Come on now. Thank you so much, Ursula. I will see you soon. Take care. Good night. Thank you, everybody, for your comments. This was some good stuff. I hope something resonated with you. Um, if not, you can always slide up in my DM or you can slide up in Jasmine's DM. You all have a good evening. Ooh, was that hot or what? <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Jasmine, for all the information you shared with the listeners. We all love you and love the things that you're doing with your production company and keep doing what you do. We appreciate you. You all let me know how you feel about this episode and make you as hot as it made me. Just for the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and Buddha walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you God's gift to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog.